Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Osiris. Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. Um, we're here, um, RJ, I'm with Jonathan, Megan, and back with Brian. Hey guys. What up? Hey. Howdy. We're here. I I Um, just want to say Brian was missed by the chat last week. So I hope that those people are back this week to, uh, (laughs) say, oh, good. Brian's back. Yeah. Thanks chat. They didn't appreciate it. If they don't, I've said it. Oh, good. Were you calling Jonathan chat? No, I was calling the chat chat. Oh, okay. Thinking the were, chat. I was okay, thinking I the chat. You were calling him chat, which would be weird. No. That would yeah, be that's very what you weird. do when you're streamers. <laughs> you know, you just refer to the people in the chat as chat. It's a collective now. It's not like a chad, but a chat. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> all right. So we're here. It's a funny story we, though. <laughs> Sorry. We've I think we've lost just we've lost one viewer already. So here we are. said it. Um, I used to call my brother Chad as an insult and yeah. it caught on that my mom started calling him Chad and she still calls him Chad to this very day. And she doesn't know that it's an insult. And so he's always like, mom, what the fuck are you doing? And I just <laughs> laugh inside. It's great. <clears throat> so good. All right. So we are here to talk about the second half of fish tour spring tour 2023. Luckily I have access to Brian's secret list of, jams rankings of jams from 2023 so far so i'm not going to spoil it um and it's it's a constant changing (laughs) 
note on very Mac. scientific uh, <laughs> <It's>, list. <laughs> I get I get every time I open my notes app because I use that for most of tracking most of my life. There's a new change in either the goose jam of the year or the fish jam of the year, <laughs> at least daily. Which I I'm appreciate. on a sprint right now to try to finish both so that I can get back to listening to other music because there's just oh. too much good jam band music in my life right now. And everyone I'm knows so that you can't listen goose. to it. And you can't listen to music unless you rank all the music before you... It's the only way to do it. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's important. All right, Brian, you didn't get a chance to join us last week with Cam, which, by the way, having Cam on was so great. And a couple of people who listened, who listened were like, you should have Cam on in character sometime. And I think that could be... <laughs> oh, a, that's a good Maybe idea. we should do that as like a segment where we like bring him on and be like, what did you think of the show last night? And he'd be like, meh. Not yeah. that I'm opposed, but aren't some of his characters basically us at various yeah. times? Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Brian, the only thing you missed last week was giving us a one word answer to describe the tour so far. Mm. Um, oh yeah. That was a good feature. Let's see how you handle it. Brian, what do you, what do you have before we get into the final three shows? What do you have for, for a one word to describe the tour Maybe do the first the first part before we get into the second part. Yeah, one word or less. <sighs> Damn it, because I have two words, but I'll give you one. And if you I don't like two. it, I'll give you the other one. My one word is ethereal, which is like the mm. music critic's favorite word to go down. When I think about the jamming style of this overall tour, this is obviously way more than one word, so I'm sorry. But like <laughs> that is where my head goes. It, it At least feels you didn't say like, incendiary. Mm, I, I was I was <laughs> I was I was texting with good friend of the pod Justin Bruce um, about this tour, and I said that the best jams of this tour make you feel like you've reached a place in the universe where you are staring at the Lania Kia structure, which we are a part of. That is a, that is what the Milky Way galaxy is a part of. It's this giant cluster of galaxies and objects. It's beautiful. Look it up on Google if you've never seen it, and it just feels like we're looking at that. Okay. Brian's one word is just the best, right? It is really good. That was like I feel, 400. I'm sorry. I feel <laughs> I feel very disappointed in myself for my one word, which I can't even I remember Jonathan, anymore. Jonathan's but. was good. Which was what was Jonathan's? Good. Oh yeah, good. good. Brian, he's not wrong. It was very good. It was good. But I guess I, I just used two words there. So the most the most anima- animated that Jonathan got in last week's episode was when I described the Sea of Stars jam. As Dark Star, like, I would agree with that. Yes, the song is Dark Star, like it's Fish's Dark Star. Come on, stop uh, this. So lame. It doesn't have to be Fish's like Dark Star. It could just be Fish's Beneath the Sea of Stars. Yeah, that's that's what it is, but it's also that's there. When has Fish ever like written a song that feels like you're 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 going through a wormhole, like Matthew McConaughey, and you come out on the other side crying because you realize that eons have passed around you? That's what you need to see. To the the traffic light, does. Harry Hood. I mean, I got more. Come on, <laughs> those songs are more earthbound to me. But I know what you're saying. Hey, man, I think you're earthbound. <laughs> Um, Glenn, Glenn, who's watching on YouTube. Thanks Glenn for watching. He said, just for those um, listening, you guys used to do recaps day after the show. I like this new format, but I missed the immediacy of the next day show. And I kind of, um, you know, I think we talked about why we didn't do the next day recaps. And I think it's just because we couldn't figure it out logistically, but maybe we should try for summer tour to do quick hits the next day. We'll see. Some of us we'll got see. shit to do, which is part of why we didn't do it this time. 
I will I agree know. with Glenn. Okay. I miss yeah. it. I, I love. Yeah, no, it was cool. Loved, a lot loved, of people have loved. said that too. And even and last summer when we started doing uh, like before the show and then oh, we do set so break. Fun. Jonathan Although and I, I jumped on at oh. one point for an emergency set break because I forget what happened. I think that they jammed mole and we were like, Something, we just have yeah. to talk about this. And no, they you know, did a repeat. They did a repeat. Oh, it was when they started the repeats. Repeat. You're right. Yeah, and we're like, yeah. shit, we have we have to do an emergency pod. Those were fun. I was kind of drunk though on one of those pre-show hangs. I like I that was know, kind of the point though. That was yeah, really it was. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah play like I definitely was every time I went on, which maybe yeah, it was only once. So fun. But like we could yeah. I'm going to see if we still have it. Where is this? Oh, yeah. We would play like. We play. <laughs> you were able to pull that up like shockingly fast. That was I know really, my way really around StreamYard. You still have your whole, your own, your whole, all your tabs open from last year. Um, I mean, I, I, I remember I we used to do them. That cannot be closed. <laughs> we used to do them like. So uh, I recorded one on one on vacation. I was, you know, at a yeah. lake house in Vermont and recorded one like two couple years ago, and they used to last five minutes. Um, so those were pretty fun too. Those uh, are pre Brian. I've enjoyed kind of surfing through the various formats, but uh, we'll see what we land on this summer. I'm, I'm I don't think there was. Summer. I'm on board. Okay. All right, Glenn. Thank you for um, bringing that up because we obviously had not discussed it before the show. So, um, thank you for joining our team meeting, everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, team exactly. chat. Team chat. Team chat. Um, hey, Tom. Okay. So, um, what else? Um, okay, Jonathan and Megan, has anything changed from your one word from last time we talked? Go ahead. No, but I do think that like. This comment that Matt says that fish is back, uh, just kidding, they never left, is something that I feel like I just totally agree with. I feel like people are always waiting for this band to be like done, and then they come and deliver a tour like this, and they're like, okay, they're still fucking great. And you're like, they've always, ha- always have been. Always have been. But I, I do I mean, think it's interesting thinking about how um, different Mexico was. I have some I, slight pushback on that, but I, I, I will share that as we get into this because it, 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 it it accompanies my larger thoughts on this tour. I think that um, the fish is back thing made sense. And I feel like I said it with kind of certainty, like I meant it when I said it like 10 years ago, you know, fish came back in 2009 and there were some ups and downs and wandering in the weeds until they really just started to like cement a new fresher sound. And, and they've continued to have ups and downs because they're fish, but as far as my one word for the rest of this tour, um, I, I think that uh, that one word was good previously. Now I, I'm going to go with uh, pretty good. This is sin- scintillating. Okay. <laughs> well, Brian, I hope you listened to last week's episode. Well, actually, you didn't have to because I forwarded you the email that we got from Kevin Shapiro about the 102195 essay that he put out with the archival release. That's the only other thing you missed. And I'm not sure why I'm recapping the whole episode for you, but um, it's important <laughs> to do the bit. Well, I, listened on, I, I listened on a run, but I do like director's cuts of movies. So that's just kind of what you're doing right now. And I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> We um, should we should do a live analyzing of past podcasts to celebrate the tenth anniversary oh man, of HF that would Pod. Be, that would analyze be, analyze HF wow. Pod. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> All right, 
I had a bad take there. Bad take. Here's let me update myself. <laughs> um, I, I got plenty of those. Steely Tom, I see. I agree with what Steely Tom's saying, which is that they never yeah. left. But this run had a little different. Not sure how to describe it, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's this, and I think what Jonathan said: the, the ups and downs are part of the band. And you know, when we get back to the forty for forty series, we're about to jump into kind of the crux of that. Like nineteen ninety six was that original, like, wait, where is this band going? Moment, and the nineteen ninety seven was, oh, the fire has been lit again for a lot of different fans. I think a lot of it comes down to personal taste. And what you're looking for out of the music. And a lot of it comes down to where you are as a listener. But I think a lot of it also comes down to this band is constantly bringing in new uh, technology, bringing in new approaches, fucking with whatever is working. Because if whatever is working continues working, it becomes stale. And sometimes when they mess around with whatever's working, it doesn't work as well. And for me personally, parts of 2022 did not work as well to my ears. Um, I could go on forever about Alpine and Dix, but I'll spare you all. You've heard that here in other places. I felt very, uh, uh, I felt a sense of belief and love for this band over the New Year's run that I I mm-hmm. hadn't felt in about. 10 or 12 months at that point in time. Mexico, I had some really, I I really enjoyed the jams. I didn't love the shows overall. This tour, I felt the same way about this tour that I had felt about fall 2021. And so Mm. I may, that may just be me. That may be the band, but I think to your to to the point that you made, Jonathan, that's really strong is like they're always going to go through these ups and downs. You may meet them at a down period or perceived down period and really like it you may meet them at a peak and really not like it there's a lot of fans that are on record not loving 1997 there are other fans megan who say it's the greatest year of fish ever right or wrong you know so like ultimately the end of the day it's about your perception of them but it's also about them constantly trying new things out and for me as a listener and i think for a lot of other people this spring tour felt like a meeting of those things they were testing out worked in the same way that it has at other perceived peak periods. Thank you for coming yeah, for my TED talk. I think it's also about expectations too. I think the expectations like we always talk about for this band are so high and you can't always meet those highest ex- expectations, but you know, they do a lot. And when they do, they hit them really well. And I think they did on the spring tour. Well, here's Haps. It was great to meet you in Nashville. Um, Yes, I was just going to say, actually, I want to give a shout out to um, our friends at Always Almost There, rival rival podcast on the Osiris. Are we now the after show? We, this is hilarious. Wait, yes. Yeah. yeah, we're basically the, we're the after the show. after show. Okay. Yeah. Which is not, you know. I prefer elder more like, show. We're like, we're like headliner, maybe? No. I just, it's I just feel, <laughs> like, I, I feel just like I'm having a. Kendall Roman moment hanging out with Matson right now where he's like your fucking tribute band and I'm like mm-hmm. oh my god what the fuck what is happening <laughs> were the um what was it when the late night shows had like one of the people and then it was like the late late show you know came after you know I'm very good at TV and pop culture as you know super good I can tell but we're like <laughs> or maybe good. we're the people at at the uh, at the cutting room you know from 2 to 4 a.m. Um, either way, always almost there doing a great job being, doing what Glenn suggested, which is recapping every show the day after, except for a different band. Um, so anyway, so, okay. Anna asking if this podcast has a bathroom recap. No, 
No. Oh, we, well, have, we have we have bathrooms in our homes where we webcast shows from, and we can talk about those. Um, yeah, uh, set break showers is an important part. Set break shower we've talked about. We also we had set break cereal. People yep. on the show in the day after recaps who talk about the bathroom situation at the shows sometimes when it's no- newsworthy. Sometimes it's not, which is great. In fact, I completely left that out of the Seattle recap. My friend Madi, I gave his scene report of the venue. He said that the bathrooms in the uh, in the club level were uh, immaculate and very easy. No lines all night long, both nights. So there you go. All right. Bathroom report. Ryan, please convince Ryan to end the bathroom recap from his co-host, Neil. Wow, um, thank you Neil. for bringing this on. To <laughs> I feel the, like you can do it, Neil. To the you podcast. That is. All right. We're going to, you know, let's, let's, let's get into that offline. I think that may, may be an important uh, Osiris business that we, we'll can, also, we can pass yeah. over to. And, and Neil, you're going to have to register as a lobbyist if you want to do this kind of stuff on, <laughs> on our, on our show. All right. So we do have a cheese recap. Let's try to talk about fish just for a second. See what happens. All right. What? They they came to Hollywood Bowl April 21st. That was the first of three shows. Um, this is a, I, I feel like this, you know, is it's very patient. Um, and I think maybe that's where you're getting to with Ethereal, Brian. But, you know, this, this 421 show opens. And I think pretty much immediately we get into you know, Sigma Oasis, but definitely everything's right. Has a nice, like just different sonic space that feels very chill and laid back. And I guess my first question is, is there a California, is there a West coast sound? Like, I think when we were in Mexico, I think it's sort of like, do we feel like it's different here because we're like in Mexico, we're on the beach, the wind's blowing. Is there like a California vibe and is it, can you hear it here or is this just where fish's music is? I guess that's, that's a question that can't be answered, but you should try. I think that there is, um, I felt it from like the start of the run in Seattle when the lights drop and you almost California vibe in Seattle. Well, the West coast vibe. West coast. Come on, Jonathan, let the man lights drop. It's all about the sushi. It is true. Um, and and RJ, I feel like we felt this when we were at the San Francisco shows in fall 21, where the lights drop and there's not that rush of energy and that like mm. people losing their minds like they do at MSG or I imagine Hampton or even as far west as Dick's. It's a, you guys are here, we're hanging, it's a good vibe. And the band almost walks out, not to silence, but like not to that rage. And I feel when I listen to it, that the band meets the audience in that sort of standpoint where they don't feel a need to dive in with an absolute raging opener, an absolute raging set. And they don't need, they don't feel the need. And this is just my perception that they don't feel the need to like elevate the already, you know, heightened anticipation and they can kind of settle in. And that I thought with these Hollywood bowl shows led to just a lot of those like magical musical spaces where creativity kind of just like unfurls before you. And it doesn't really matter how long it goes. It doesn't really matter what direction it goes in. The band is just kind of like testing out ideas and like testing out different directions. And so I definitely hear it, but that could also just be that like, I see where they're playing and I know that the show is happening here. And so like, I'm throwing that onto it, but who knows? I was definitely taken aback by that feeling when I first saw Fish Out West. It was totally different than what I'd seen in the Midwest. Like the energy 
of the crowd, the lot, the vibes in the space. It's just, yeah, like Brian's saying, it's just super laid back. You know, it's it's cool. That's why I've been dying to get back to the West Coast. I am not missing some of the next West Coast run. I'm getting out there. There's just a laid back and a, a kind of like, yeah, there's just more space out West, right? And so it, you feel that in the music. And I definitely felt that. I think these jams are so patient. It's incredible. I think the band was just ready when they got to Hollywood Bowl. So it didn't matter. I know that when the lights went down first night Seattle tour opener, the audience was loud. I know this from talking to people who were there. So, uh, but by the time, you know, maybe the Hollywood Bowl crowd was a little more chill. Those famous Hollywood stars are not easily phased. So, uh, you know, it's just fish. But the band came to play. I just want to mm-hmm. acknowledge Glenn's comment here. Fewest chompers I've seen heard a show in a long time. Ryan Storm, again, we will keep referring to Ryan. He said, I think he he posted on social media today that San Francisco, the San Francisco Goose Show had a lot of people talking. So maybe it's not I heard that about the Greek. Yeah. So, mm. Maybe it's just Bay Area people. It's just like too, there's just too much stuff going on with tech, you know. Um Maybe L.A. I feel like L.A. But a lot L.A. Of deals fans, being drawn. So but L.A. Deals. fans, the you know, banks like, are falling apart. They're just trying to figure out how to hold on, and like they just have these three nights of fish, and they got to talk through it all, you know. But L.A. fans get such a bad rap in terms of sports and a lot of things because it just seems like they're it's just like everything's so casual and you know passing. Um, but okay, this everything's right is. I disagree with, I understand the perception, but it's a great world city, LA. I love it. Yeah. It's like, it's like they put an Asian city, like a mega city in America. It's beautiful. Well, I don't know where we go with that, but I want to just declare. It's a geographic corner. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to declare, I want to declare wave of hope, the jam of the post COVID era. Not that you're so into wave of hope, but you are so into wave of hope. Every time they play it, it's amazing. It's so (laughs) this this set closer, this wave of hope. Ah, It's so short though. It's like a throwaway. It's only 14 minutes. Like, come on. They didn't really do anything with it. They didn't do anything with it. I mean, (laughs) they get, I don't know if it's the 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 riff, the the tempo. I don't know what it is, but it's just it's such a great way to, to close a set. That was my highlight of this of this set, even though the everything's right was really cool too. more patient, I think a little more like ethereal, but this wave of hope really like pushed, pushed out into some weird places. And man, what a great, I would take like a wave of hope, like, like a closer like this, that gets kind of out there than like uh, walls of the cave or analog, like something more peaky to close a set. Yeah. Like I oh, like closing yeah. the set with something weird. Well, and it kind of reflects where, a lot of, and this will totally be, uh, this, this is going to be wrong when we start talking about the Saturday night show and what I loved about it. But, um, it, it kind of, you know, is, is where the band is at right now is they're loving putting these new songs in really prominent places. And so like a song like wave mm-hmm. of hope, it had a, a spot like this at Dick's 2022. I think it was only an eight minute version, but it was clearly elevated the way that they played the song late in the second set. They wanted to, they wanted to build up that energy. This is, you know, almost twice as long, but kind of gets to the same place where rather than exploring a ton of terrain, they just find a riff and they build upon that and they're just building energy. Um, 
for me, this first set was all about the everything's right. You you said it really well there, RJ, using my words. Um, but you know, it was very patient, very very beautiful, and it kind of did what the Mister Completely does from the third night of the run. And I was texting with a couple friends about this. Like as I heard it, they were going to a very standard place in fish jamming, which is find a major key and build it to a really satisfying peak. But they were finding ways to get to that peak that I hadn't heard them doing before with a lot of really cool staccato lines from Trey with Fishman playing as though he was in like a space jazz band with Paige on the roads a lot with Mike just like adding these beautiful effects and beautiful lines through his new bass he was playing. It was a peaking major key fish jam that sounded completely brand new and that whole like that aspect of the everything's right and a few other jams just blew me away through this tour yeah everything's right i think is my highlight for this set i love it uh and love the way it lands in shade uh love which i another song i really really enjoy and i think that's uh ideal placement after a kind of big Serious jam. I would say that Fishman has always been in a, uh, what did you call it? Something, a space band. You just, you just said this, uh, Brian. I had like it in a my jazz head. space. Yeah. Space jazz band. Space um, jazz, he has yeah. always been in a space jazz band, even when he's walking down the street by himself. Can I just, just before we go, I just, Ryan, Ryan, I can't stop talking about Ryan today, but I, oh, I think God, enough with that guy. When I said, I think when I said that, that wave of hope is the MVP of the post COVID era. He said, RJ, what L M A O. I don't know what that means, but he said that, and I just want to say to you, Ryan, and to anyone listening, they've played wave of hope 14 times. It will, after this tour have seven jam chart entries, name another song that has a 500 batting average on jam charts. Just do it. Find one and bring it. Ruby waves. Yes, but but but, but I see your point. I see your point. I don't think Ruby right. Waves does. I don't think Ruby Waves does. It might I, be. You want, you want me to, but, you want me to you check this but, out right now? I can yes. check the stats. RJ, RJ, we can go to we can go to the streets for this one. We're gonna we have a go very special episode. I'll make the posters. We can go on our Wave of Hope protest tour. Okay. All right. If you guys come on, give me a break. I, I agree. I, I just I mean, have a brand new puppy. I just have a brand new puppy named Ruby. So just don't like come at me with Ruby Waves. Ruby Waves is exactly 500 batting average. Okay. See, well, the I, same. I was asking Ryan I would, Storm to come at me with stats, not you. Well, he can't. He doesn't know fish stats. He tells. I, you want me to show you the text where he says it's so hard to understand a good fish show from a bad fish show? Come on. Oh, that's not. That's not nice. Okay, he, he tells me I have this. I have the text. All right, we can move on. I'm sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> so anyway, what'd you guys think of set two? <laughs> they played another set. Uh, exactly. I I this is a great set. Like you know, down with disease is huge. Uh, great throwaway sample in the opener slot for the uh, free YouTube people. Ha! Suck it, YouTubers. I mean, obviously, everybody watching YouTube with us today, they they're you're cool. <laughs> you're I mean, awesome. The other people. Um, the uh, uh, down with disease rips and is just. I mean, it's outstanding. And and then they come back later on with this blaze on i mean you enjoy myself is not the there was a good long moment where you enjoy myself was almost always the longest song in 3.0 not here it's like number yeah. three on this set right so good um not that i don't like a good extended you enjoy myself of course um 
Yeah, very cool. Very cool set. There's so well, many the good moments in this set, too. I think, sorry, Everything's Ryan, right has been played 45 times and has 15 <laughs> jam chart entries, Ryan. Come on. Okay, down with disease. To someone, Matthew. Anyway, someone, like someone, I was saying. Yes, please, Megan, please go. Please continue. Okay, so the down with disease, we were talking last week about Trey's singing, and it was funny because what I was thinking about and, like, reflecting on it and thinking that, you know, he doesn't do it enough to, like, bother me. Like, it's not, like, something that stands out. And then I was listening to this disease, and Trey sings, like, the second line or something in his falsetto, and I was like, oh, God, just don't, like, mess with my disease. Like, don't do not do that here. And then he stopped, so it was okay. But, like, this jam is awesome. There's a lot of that, like, eerie effect, which is, like, that tension that we were talking about last week that's, like when he's going between that and his like really gorgeous tone and how like that creates this like tension. And I think that's working so well. And also making some of that kind of ethereal space you're talking about, Brian, that like going between those two tones is like so cool. And it has that like dark spaceship sounds at the ending. I loved it. And then there's Mercury, which is like actually played pretty well. You know, I think that like that was, I felt like, yeah, they nailed it, which is great. And this blazon's awesome. It's effortless. 12 minutes, it's like dancey, funky when you get to that point. And Mike's doing, Mike sounds amazing on this gorgeous piece. Yeah, I found, I mean, this disease was my highlight of this show and one of my highlights of the overall tour. I don't want to get into numbers here because I know that some people on this uh, call don't like numbers, Um, but I have it very high up in my favorite jams of 2023 thus far and part of it is this the set your soul free the fuego from uh the greek all three of these jams get me this very dark demented Mm -hmm. kind of terrifying space and the band it almost sounds like a melt jam but there's like more riffage Mm -hmm. going on than more like sonic washes of sound and so i love that kind of fusion I was, I was listening back to like one of my favorite jams of the year is the Mexico Ruby waves. And the more I hear this tour and that jam, the more I hear personally, that jam is like a turning point in the overall year, uh, where the band figured out a way to m- mesh this split open and melt kind of wash of sound with more melodic playing and riffing and more, uh, that kind of like really interesting, um, duel between Mike and Trey when they kind of are going back and forth from each other and challenging each other, uh, reminiscent of like the Nashville ghost from 2018. And this disease got to that space where it was just like mechanical and industrial, kind of terrifying. Um, but then like, you know, two songs later you get to the blaze on and it kind of works similar to the way that the everything's right did where like, it's a beautiful build. I think it's 18 minutes. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really solid, journey and, and and exploration i'm just looking at the set list right now it's wild like you have sample and cavern on either ends pretty classic opener very very classic closer and then you have this four song run of disease mercury blaze on you enjoy myself i'm not really a four song like i love four song sets but like you chop off the start and end of it you have just like a perfect 50 60 minutes of music um great song selection, great playing throughout. It's just, it's, it's a really fluid set. It's, it's awesome stuff. I mean, the yam even sounded good. There's like some extra sauce in that. It was good. Yeah. They did not come back after the vocal jam though. I know that hasn't minus, happened now. Minus five points. Can I just say that? <laughs> Cause I'm keeping score. I have a scorecard, but can I just say that Mercury not being jammed is, is like a, it's actually, it's like a legitimate disappointment of mine. Yeah. It's weird. You know, 
It, it's too bad, but I got to say, they've had some Mercuries recently that didn't go super well. They were yeah. right. like going the way of I, was, Fuego. I get nervous when they play it now. Yeah. Um, so let's see them play it well again. Right. <laughs> it'll, it'll come back for jams. Um, I think, I, I mean, I feel like Mercury is written and exists to open the door into jams. But totally. you know, when, they, when they play it and it doesn't go well. That they bail. Well, I, I think like to that like point. A, go ahead. I feel like it's like a modern. It's like a. It's the most composed song that they've oh, yeah. released in the past yeah, 10, 10, 15 years. Right. Well, so it's like since Fuego. Since Fuego, yeah. And it just feels like it's. Or I don't know. I'm I'm big on like there. There's something about. I think because of listening to a lot of Goose, there's a lot of tempo changes in songs, like in the. And that's like messing with me in terms of what I think works for jams, even though it doesn't, that's not how it works. It's like you can work, like you can jam at different tempos, but you know what I mean? Like there's something about that song that just like, there's also a natural end to it. So it's almost like, like when sample was jammed at MSG, it's like, you have to like say like, okay, now when the song ends, like we're going to like push through, we're going to push through as opposed to like blaze on or something was just. Like, it's just open. Yeah. Well, and I think to your point as well, if you remember in summer 2015, it debuted the second night of tour, and then they didn't play it again for 12, 13 shows until Alpine Valley, 8-8. And it was clear mm. they were sound checking it throughout the tour, and then they came out with it again, and it had a slightly different transition to the Nets Unbreakable segment. Like, they were trying to figure out how do we play this right. And for the next three years, it didn't really jam. It wasn't until fall 2018 that it stretched out. It was Chicago 18. You got your first extended version. And then the Vegas 18 version is 25 minutes and is beautiful. And then 2019 is filled with huge, huge Mercuries. I kind of would just like for them now to play it as well as they did at Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. And then figure it out again. Because exactly. to me... Yeah. Personally, the two best fish songs since the hiatus in 1.0 are Sense and Subtle Sounds and Mercury. And both of those songs like deserve to be played with like the caringest of hands. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, it sounded really good. I was really happy with how it sounded. Go ahead, John. Well, I was going to say it's a little like uh, Gaiuti in its journey, which, you know, it came out. Yeah. It, it took a little retooling, hit again, and then took a little backseat. Um, and maybe that's what's happening with Mercury. You know, there's these, uh, a number of songs that stopped jamming, um, and have be come back towards it. I won't name names other than, you know, say split open and melt, you know, is really, it's huge these days, but there was definitely a time where not only were they not jamming it, but they were not even, were not even playing it that well. And I really do think that they've got to feel like, they've gotten through the song without any, but any points going, Oh shit. Uh, what am I doing with this thing in my hands? And if they can get through the song without that feeling, then maybe they'll, they'll, they'll jam. 
Glenn, your point. Mm-hmm. The pro is that they can jam in after out of any song, and the con is when they don't jam that song again, folks are disappointed. Maybe that's a good transition to be, tonight too. I try not to be that yes. person, but Mercury well, is the one thing I'll say that about. To Glenn's point, though, I, I mean, I think that yes, they can jam out of any song, and to like the people who look at the tweezer night at the Greek and say, "Well, they could do this any night." It's not really that they can or can't. It's that when it feels right, it'll happen. Yeah. And if it doesn't feel it's right, magic. I mean, all of the guys in the dead used to say the same thing. The guys in fish say this, you know, at various interviews over the years. It's when they're, if they're thinking about what they're doing, when they're up in their head about their performance, it's not flowing. It's not going to happen. When they're not thinking about it, that's when they can go there. So, uh, which is some nights it's kind of e- some nights it's about. easier. Uh, yeah. Some nights yeah. it's not. That's kind of what we were talking about at the top of the episode of like the perception of is this a like is the band back or is this a better tour than other tours? I think one thing you're you're leaning into is kind of the uh, eternal enigma with this band, and and the Dead had this as well, and other bands have had this, but like. Trey talks so often about, you know, when they play a really good show, he remembers nothing about it when he walks off stage. Mm-hmm. You know, Fishman walks off stage is just like, that was it. You know, it felt like two minutes. And I think a lot of that is that when they're in that zone, they're not thinking and they're just kind of doing. And so they're not thinking we're going to try to do a 45 minute jam. They're just playing. And when they finish a jam segment, they hear something else and they follow that and that goes on for eight minutes. And so then they follow that on again. And I think you got a lot of that on this tour and Mercury may just be a song um, similar to like it rhymes with Shmabed Shmoey that they're thinking a lot about right now. And so we're not seeing the, yeah, you know, the opening to the portal, like yeah, the momentness, like that's like when I used to act on stage. If I was in a scene where I was so in the moment and I was only reacting to the person on stage with me, and I was didn't even feel like I was performing anymore. I'm just reacting to that person. There's mm. a zone that you go into, and that's when like truly great art is created, and that's what these guys do. And it comes from listening and putting your attention outside of yourself and just responding to that person and being in that moment and that's what these guys can do so well that's so magical and yeah it doesn't happen all the time but when it does it's incredible also i I think they sometimes just like to play songs yeah that's they are a rock band yeah they do like to play songs and they're really good at it too like the next night on saturday at the hollywood bowl let's get into it good tell us about it that was a nice segue yeah you own this tell us all about it Go ahead, Megan, tell us about it. What oh, happened? me? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love this show. This show is so awesome. The set list was just, like, incredible. I remember watching this, like, I didn't stay up to watch these shows, so I get up the next morning and look at the set list, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what happened? This is so perfect. It's just, like, great jams, too. The flow in the show is just absolutely perfect. It's just – this show to me is, like, this is the show that I'm sad that I missed out of these three. Like I, my favorite jam, I think from the whole run is in the third night, but I really, really loved the show. The first set is ridiculous. I mean, ghost Bowie, Esther hood, meat split open and mount leaves coil. Like the ghost is just absolutely beautifully played. Trey's using great effects. 
then going in between that and his tone again, it's just rip-roaring. There's so much energy. It's super powerful. The Bowie is like what the speed of this Bowie is just incredible. There's all these like extra fills and Fishman's <laughs> using his like new samples. And I don't know what the new samples are. Has anybody heard what they what they're saying? I Isn't there a Monty Python new. one in there? Is that uh, what it is? Um Life of Brian stuff, yeah. Life of Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hail Caesar, things like that. (laughs) So good. But they sound like perfect in this Bowie. They're so funny. Yeah, and I like the little jam and hood too. But, I mean, I think the split open and melt is is just my highlight from this set for sure. It's just beautiful, like searching, patient, patient jam, super weird, not melodic, just awesome. I stayed up. To watch you this did? first set, just the first set, because I'm not crazy, um, and I do enjoy uh, sleep. Um, but I was so I was texting with Brian during this because you know I knew he'd be awake, and they they open with ghost. Okay, cool, and a decent little ghost. You know, it doesn't go mm-hmm. super deep, but it says just everything you said about it, Megan. I agree with. Um, and then they drop into Bowie, and it's like, oh shit. They must have known. This is what I wrote to Brian. He could testify. They must have known <laughs> yeah. I was going to watch. I'm staying up. They know it. And then they per- proceed to execute the shortest David Bowie I, that I can recall. So I, fast. Yeah, I, I, I want to know how long it's been I, that short. Eight, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. This one was under nine minutes. It was 8.59 mm-hmm. on Live Fish. It's so, so fast. fast, so breakneck. <laughs> Technically, they played it, but there was like – the door didn't open a crack. It was just like fly through. Now we're done with David Bowie. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool. Then Harry uh, <laughs> Esther. Wow. Nicely executed Esther. Yeah. Perfect. Harry Hood. Very nice. Touch, touch of jam and Harry Hood. It was mm-hmm. pretty. Meat was meat. And it was actually kind of rare and cool to see. Split open and melt is where it started to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, just mm-hmm. as you said, Megan, this is probably my jam highlight of the set. But, um, yeah, it got nice and weird, not too long. What a great set. Leaves and was real leaves? good. Don't think I'm leaving that out. And Beautiful Coiled. So and just, I like, what a great kick down kind of set. And I feel like to end a set at the Hollywood Bowl with Squirming Coil and like have everybody walk off like that, that's just, that's so good. That's so good. I, yeah, this is... Can I just say, Brian, before you get into the set, I just want to say one thing about ghost openers, which is that there there were first set ghost openers back in the day, um, especially um, from like 12.597, which I was at, and I think the 731.97, 721.97, there were like some ghost openers, but then they stopped for a while and they started them again, Dick's 2013 and Dick's 2019 were like two the two ghost first set openers the first time since 98 2013 was and then 2019 and now it's like uh it happens more frequently but i just they do it every you know every couple of years but i like it when it comes out and just starts it reminds me always megan of of virginia beach 97 because that like just came out of the gate like huge celebration and I just think it's like a real power move to come out of the gate with Ghost for set opener. And, yes. like it, it, you know, they did it a long time ago, then it went away for a while. Now they do it again. And that's that's the story. Sorry, Brian. 
I, well, I, I tagged that. I, I really love the energy that it creates in the audience when it happens. Totally. When they drop yeah. the first couple. I mean, there's a number of songs that do it, of course. And it was all a little different. When they drop Ghost at the very top of the show, people are like, yes. And they They're are like, suddenly yes. ready to get down. And that's always just a nice vibe in the crowd. Yeah, it's one of those openers that like, it just sets a tone right out the gates. And I yep. almost prefer it if it's going to be played in the first set in the opener slot versus like second or third song, even though there's yeah. been great versions of it, but like just the way that, you know, you're expecting, uh, you know, a rock song just to open things up and immediately you're thrown into a rock song. That's also kind of a funk song. That's also really creepy. That's also a jammer. Like there's just a lot of options that are happening when they do that. Um, this show overall is my favorite show of the year so far. Um, I think that you have this combination of the first set really reminds me of um, August 12th, 2018 from Meriwether Post, the faux summer tour closer before the um, festival that will not be named um, where they came out and they played like they ended the first set with like chalk dust, gin, tweezer, llama in some order like that where it was just like what are you like how are you playing like essentially fish doesn't like have banger a, banger banger yeah like fish doesn't yeah. have like a greatest hits album but if they put out a greatest hits album like those four songs are on it and i feel like everything yeah. on this in this set is on it as well like in what universe are you ever guessing that this is going to be a first set you're mm -hmm. going to see um the highlight for me was the split open and melt followed by leaves um, split open and melt does similar things to what the Mexico version did, which was similar things to what all the great melts have done over the last five years at this point in time, since late 2017, it's just the best usage of their effects and their toys and space and atmosphere and noise. And then to follow up with leaves and leaves being the only non 1.0 song played in this set and it's this beautiful kind of ode to david bowie and it's this beautiful like story and it's like the chorus of it i had a huge moment with this song at alpine 22 last year every time i hear this song i just get like really really worked up it's a gorgeous like 20 years from now 30 years from now, whenever fish is done, I know I just said the dreaded words there, but whenever it's over, there's going to be like a revisiting of these songs that were written late in their career or whatever stage we're at at this point in time. And I feel like people like are going to go back and listen to leaves the way that I go back and I listen to like Brent Midland songs where I'm just like, <laughs> this yeah. is really, really special that this was added into this band's catalog where, you know, these like top tier songs. And then you hear these deep, deep cuts that just showcase artistry and songwriting on a totally different level. The stunning, stunning song. So powerful. It's a great song. Um, this second set opens with Chalk Dust, which like, is there, is there a better way to open a set than a 25 minute unfinished Chalk Dust? I'm not sure. I mean, my soul Possibly. into a 44 minute teaser. <laughs> my soul. My soul. Hilarious. Um, this Chalk Dust is, is really very, very like methodical in that it's, it's pretty patient, you know, the Chalk Dust and then it get in it and it at the very end. We get to like, I think, I don't know, I didn't count them, but like one of the few like real bliss peaks of this tour, like there haven't been that many, 
I mean, they're, 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 they happen, but they're not, it's not the go-to every on, at every show, but this one really hits at the end. And then this, the second set is um, Trey's really, really playing well. And it's just seems like they're having a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, ahead, what John. a way to blow a show, you know, play this amazing first set and then just kind of whiff for set two, I guess. Right. Um, no. Third and fourth <laughs> quarter, you know, that's how Whew. it goes. Too bad. Uh, this uh, this one's pretty pretty good. Uh, I haven't given this set actually the closest of listens. I've listened to it, but uh, like while driving and stuff. So you know, obviously, I'm trying to touch the car at the same time, and it's trickier during music like this. Um, but just an immense listen, and like so many great grooves and moments throughout that. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be revisiting for a bit. I just this, um mm-hmm. sorry, just real quick before you go, Megan. I just want to say Ryan Storm again mentioned God, the Baker's dozen chalk test. Tom, like two years ago, Tom asked me to make him a playlist of my five favorite fish jams of all time. And this is the only 3.0 jam that made it on. The the Baker's dozen chalk dust. Possibly possibly one of the best jams of all time. I mean, top five. One of, yeah, I was I loved this jam in person and ever since then it's it's stunning. So good. Okay. Sorry, Megan. <clears throat> yeah, I love this set. And I think that it does have a lot of re-listen. I think this the flow is like perfect. This chalk dust jam is so good. It's like super delicate. And to me, I was just thinking about the variety of that they're not really relying on the same tricks over and over again in these jams. Like there's, they're using a lot of their new toys, but they don't sound really repetitive. And Mike's playing just like some super interesting stuff. Paige comes in the piano. Fishman sounds incredible. And then they go into that kind of like distorted, really dark sounds and has like a great rocking end and landing like so nicely in Twist. And Twist has like a really fun, like sultry, funky jam to it that I really love. It's really good. Like it's not long, but it's like if you listen – I've listened to it a few times. It's very, very good. And then it goes into this just absolutely sick 2001, one of my favorite fish songs. They play – well, not their song, but you know. And it's funky and they're like flirting with that like stop and start. And you can just hear Trey and Paige like in conversation and the synths in this just like, I just love this. I think I texted you guys. I was in the grocery store and I was like trying to keep my shit together because I was just like wanting to like get down. It was so good. And then going into Sneak and Sally, which is, Oof. come on. Probably like, my, my favorite call my, of the entire tour. Like that. Oh my God. Oh they could have gone into anything and it would have been a great whatever. Okay, cool. We just had an amazing 45 minutes of music. And instead they go into Sneak and Sally. Mm. And I think it was the best Sneak and Sally in five years. It was it was. Oh my God. It's so good. There's like a huge dramatic build and there's like these rocking peaks at the end. They do like a mini vocal jam, which like clearly they've been listening to 40 for 40 or someone's telling them about it because we were talking about how they were doing this in the old days in Sally and it's so good. And it just, they sound like lit up. And this song is just I, so I love this song so much. RJ, I love dancing with this song to you in Raleigh this summer. Like this song, just like, it just gets down. And yeah, this is great. And then going into Life Beyond the Dream, which is like definitely one of my new favorite songs that they have. It's the best. Gorgeous, incredible best. lyrics, just absolutely stunning. I think that Trey, like this, these lyrics are really just like next level for him. 
And can I can I interrupt you, Megan? Please just do. my friend Jim just logged on, the one who just said Sneak and Sally. He was my friend who I took to that show. Oh in yes. Raleigh, who, who hey was Jim. With us. That was so fun. <laughs> so fun. And I want to say I think they were listening to 40 for 40 and Undermine, where we talked about the Sneak and Sally bust out on 123097. Mm-hmm. Best ever. Which happened, which happened right before this tour. So clearly that's Clearly, that's why. They so, yeah. if they're listening, that explains why they went the other way on the David Bowie and played the shortest Bowie in memory. Yeah, just just to they're, fuck they're, with me. they're trolling with us. They're trolling. Yeah, hey, Fish, we've just been looking for an eight-minute Bowie this whole time. You guys, are, yeah, that was amazing. What like, we wanted the shorter. Show us else we can do it. Shorter the better. Come on, yeah. great. Shorter yeah, yeah. Give us a four-minute Bowie. Come on. Nobody even likes that song anyway. And um, one of them, no version of that song is on my top five jams of all time. That's for sure. None. None. No answer. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, the 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 MVP who's who's probably sitting backstage somewhere. Don't don't even try to come on right now, Ryan. Okay, we just just don't do that. But uh, <laughs> hanging out. Don't the best, do it. best Sally Don't since 718 2016. That's very spot on. That is that that version. If 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 any of you are unfamiliar, mm. summer 2016 gets a bum rap for a lot of reasons uh, in the fish world. That that jam, it's like 18 minutes long, and it just peaks and then peaks and then peaks and then peaks. It's unbelievable stuff. But um, yeah, this whole I segment, love that Ryan Ryan knows the way to your heart, Brian, which is to go. And just just bust out a stat, best version since X. Overlooked show, great great play, Ryan. To keep to, to stand <laughs> Ryan's good graces, he, he, know, he knows how to do it. It's great. He's, he does. Uh, it, it's good stuff. Um, but this whole segment of chalked us through back on the train. Um, it's just and, and back on the train. I thought in the moment was kind of a weird call, and it's been played late in the second set a bunch this year. And it ultimately worked. It was a really cool version. They kind of went out there. Um, Life Beyond the Dream is a great little breather at that point. I love the lyrics to that song. Very, very, I mean, anything off of Ghost of the Forest, um, with the exception of a few songs, I'm like here for every time. Uh, first two, excellent set closer. Um, the one question I have for you guys, Choctaw's Torture. I loved this jam. I love this jam. There was a moment watching the webcast and I've found it since uh, listening back to this. I don't know the exact timestamp, but it's around like 12 to 15 minutes, that kind of spacious segment where if you watch the webcast, Trey keeps looking back at Fishman and Trey and Fishman are not aligned. And I'm curious if you guys noticed it listening. I'm curious if anyone in the chat noticed it. The thing I love about this jam is it feels like the first time the entire tour that the two of them are not in sync with each other. And Fishman's trying to play this kind of really complicated beat. And Trey is, uh, he's trying to go more towards a melody. And it's almost like he's like, stay with me, dude. And Fishman's just like, kind of trust me, it's okay. And they don't connect for about three or four minutes, but the jam goes on for eight minutes after that. So clearly they worked through whatever it was they were working through. I don't know if any of you guys heard it, or if this is just where my ears went at this moment, but it was just something I noticed. It wasn't necessarily something like, I didn't not like it about this. It just, it was something I noticed as listening to it. I feel like you don't catch so much of that when you don't watch it on the webcast, you know, like, I feel like when you watch a show and stream it, you see so much more of what's going on between them. And I didn't hear that listening back, but Fair. doesn't mean yeah, it didn't I, happen. I've already disclaimered my, uh, 
my unreliable witness situation. So. <laughs> we had in person. I noticed some tech, technical issues through the weekend, so maybe that's what. Maybe it was just yeah. like I know that there was a point where uh, I don't know who who it was, but someone had to come up and replace Trey's in your monitors. Literally on the mm. webcast, it was Trey was playing and singing, and someone was behind him taking his no earpieces out. Uh, I think his like his his monitor wasn't turned on at some point, but it was it was a very I've never seen anything like it. It's the risks of these in ear so, monitors that mm. like helps them but also you know if if one's turned off everything's messed up wow yeah, yeah um i you know, there there are bound to be adjustments so trey is you know we we heard him tell um ari that you know he's got his guitar rig more or less dialed in he's got his tone where he wants he's swapping in you know toys here and there but he's got that dialed in uh, and that's great because that means he's Worrying about that infinitely less. See earlier comments about not worrying about your gear. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the in ears. You know, it's not like they're new technology, but um, you know, things go wrong. It's new to the band. Uh, it's new to the mm-hmm. band uh, this year as as a as a whole. Um, even though Paige has been using them forever, um, but you know, things don't always go perfect. And uh, you know, good thing they've Maybe. got a crack crew. Um, and I actually, let me take this moment in anybody who, uh, unless you're an Instagram abstainer, uh, you should go to Trey's Instagram. If you haven't been seeing these things and, uh, check out his little, what are you doing series of videos where he talks to various crew members and they are all, uh, educational and delightful. And he started doing it in Mexico, I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't think he'd done it before Mexico, but he was doing it there. And, um, it's just. It's great to kind of learn about all the different people and all of the different jobs. Um, and to John Joseph's question in the chat, when did the band start in her ears, in-ear monitors? The whole band went to them. And I think Trey was the last holdout, maybe Fish also. I don't know about Fish. Um, this year at, at Mexico. Um, but Paige has been using them since the 90s. So... Uh, blame it around. And, uh, sorry, I'm just saying. I said blame, blame it on the goose. Blame like, it on the goose. Apple, uh, I mean, that tour. Yeah, he used them there, uh, but like uh, first time with fish, which is uh, which is great. I blame goose for lots of things, but that's not for this <laughs> podcast. On that note, let's move on to night yeah. three of the Hollywood Bowl. Do you guys uh, like my Sunday return? Evening? I love your return. Uh, Sunday evening, a little bit of an earlier start. I appreciated this on a Sunday night following 10 days of webcasting Midwest and West Coast fish and goose shows, which has been exhausting in a great way. So much good music. But um, I was glad to see an earlier show start here on Sunday. Um, This set begins with Birds of a Feather, goes into Roger. Megan's favorite fish song, which goes into Divided Sky, which is perfect at sunset, which goes into Cities, into Tube, into Taste, into About to Run. Um, I liked this set a lot overall. I thought it felt like that palate cleanser that kind of comes after a really good show where not a lot of stunning song selections aside from Cities, but speaking of my favorite moment of the overall show and one of my favorite moments of the overall tour. One of my favorites of the overall year, this city's jam. 
Oh unbelievable. It's great. Yeah. Talk about it's amazing. Talk yep. atmospheric, talk split open and melt being the song to influence this direction the band is going. And even if that's not the case, it sounds like it is. This cities, like cities is one of those songs. I'm sure you guys will all agree. Maybe you won't. Who knows? I love Roger. Um, cities is one of those songs that like, <laughs> I just don't care when they play it, where they play it. I'm always here for it. A hundred percent agree. I, I, I have like vivid memories when I was still just getting into fish, buying slip stitch and pass and putting it on and having no idea what cities was having. I had no idea who the talking heads were. And you just hear that. And they go into it. And I was like, this song fucking rules. And then I later find out this is a talking head song. This is a big bust out. The song is actually really fast. A fish slowed it down. Um, a lot. Did you know I got my lot. first city this summer in Atlantic city? That's the first what? time I Not? ever heard them play that. Yes. That Isn't is that crazy. crazy. Noob. Oh my God. I know. Crazy. I know. How, did, how did you get this job? Never seen I don't a city. It's a little Christ. unclear. I just, it's a little unclear how I got this job. <sighs> but this city is definitely one of my highlights of the whole tour. It's, it's incredible. I can't believe this jam is in set one. Like it's just such a set two jam. It's just so strong. And Trey's tone is so in the pocket. It starts out so like melodic and then gets really like dark and super funky and spacey and weird. And then the way Trey comes in at the end, just like soaring all over it, it's just, and then it ends just really perfectly. I love this gem. I've listened to this just as much as the tweezer. Wow. It's my second favorite jam of the Hollywood Bowl, one of my favorite jams of the overall year. It's just, it's very inventive, very creative. Um, friend of the pod good friend to anyone who likes to have intelligent fish conversations. Mr. Ben Greenfield was at these shows going into the shows. He said, I've never seen a good fish show in LA. Can you convince me I'm going to see a good fish show in LA? And I was like, I feel like you're going to see a good fish show in LA. (laughs) And I got a lot of like, holy fucking shit texts all weekend long. (laughs) None bigger than during the cities where he was just like, what is happening? And I felt the same way from the couch. Yeah. I think, Brian, I just want to, I disagree with your um, assessment of the set, but I, but I think this sure. jam is amazing. I think this set Tell- is totally fine. It's like, you know, Divided Sky, which is my, my wife's favorite song to hear, which is great. Other than Good that, choice. it's like five, five, seven minute songs, all seven minutes. Yeah. It was like they were, they were timing them with a the stopwatch, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with a seven minute song, but to me, like a, we can get into this later or maybe we got into it in the past. A seven minute song like birds of a feather or tube or taste is like an unfinished idea. That's kind of, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree. It's my take. And I could be, I hope people do disagree because you know, that's the, that's part of the deal. But like, I mean, sometimes you need, sometimes you need an unfinished idea after big ideas. Uh, well, I don't know about that exactly, but I mean, see my earlier comments about sometimes they like to play, just like to play yeah. songs. And, and here it is. This is the clean. last show of tour. And, you know, they didn't go no repeats, which I'm totally on board for. Some songs yes. are worth playing more than yeah. once, especially when they're hidden, like Wave of Hope. Right, RJ? Um, but Absolutely. the... Uh, <laughs> but no I think repeats a, I is think a no repeats is like it's so low on my priority list. No, yeah, no. I, oh I, God, yeah. I don't, I don't think I, anybody I needed it one time, and problem. then I'm 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 not. I don't need yeah. it anymore. 
It was great yeah. at the Baker's Dozen. Yeah. I was not a huge fan. I didn't think it worked very well. I don't think it matters. Like, not and I was glad. No, just, <laughs> man. just play songs that work, man. Don't just like, it's don't, like yeah, don't worry about that. Settle down, everybody. We're all on the same team. Fucking bug this. I know we just, we all have a lot but of we thoughts. We like, all agree this. about it. But I'm still trying to talk about this set and say okay, that I'm kind of right in between you guys. So I think this set is. Uh, Wait, are you saying you don't like interruptions that digress? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I do. I live for them. That's why I'm here. I think it's my job. It's in my job description. Um, but I, I think I'm right in between you, Brian, and you, RJ, on this uh, this set. I think it is a fine and even good set. Um, I think that you know it would be nice if Birds of a Feather jammed out, but we got a pretty Roger. We um, Divided Sky is perfect, pretty perfect, and Cities is great. Um, be cute, nice if cute. tube jammed out, but I, good, you know, though. I like taste, and I think that taste is not bad. It's just not long. But when is when have we had a long taste? So you know, it's fine. Besides, it's not a song that they play a lot, and it's perfectly played. And we also have a set two, so I I, I'll, 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 yeah, they played a second set. Oh, I would finish by on. saying that the city back in an hour. <laughs> the cities is real good. And uh, you guys have said everything that I think needs to be said about it. But just kidding. All right. Let's, we got to <laughs> let me talk. Let me, let me kick us off in set two and then you guys can, uh, we'll hear how okay, everybody thanks. feels about it. So um, set two has uh, what it's Mr. Completely, right? So this is what we all need, right? A big Mr. Completely uh, into a song I heard the ocean sing. Back into Mr. Completely for a second. Uh, little Wolfman's Brother and Ruby Waves. Got a Jabu, No Quarter, Possum. Like a fairly nonstop second set. And uh, great encore, Wilson Slave to the Traffic Light. I got to say, this Mr. Completely song I heard the ocean sing is super dope. I think I texted you guys something about it on Wednesday when I was really listening to it and something to the effect of, I, I don't know. I, I was just, it was blowing my mind and it, because this is, uh, this is really good shit right here. Uh, I, I, I don't think that's a technical phrase, but, um, yeah, this is, this is where, I think um, I, here's what I said. Actually, I said about a song I heard the ocean sing, which is like a crazy, super fast and short version compared to what they'd just done with Mr. Completely. But um, this one was so fast and kind of funky that if the next song I heard the ocean sing doesn't go into Shakedown Street, there's really no <laughs> point in playing it again. Like that. this is another this is another criminal unperformer in terms of jams. I, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry for Glenn. In terms like, of jams, and actually in terms of performance, yeah, like they just don't quite play it enough. Yeah, um, such a great song. But when such they play it, I mean, you think about it's only been played forty-four times. Last summer was the last time it was played. Hartford twenty uh, thirty-three shows ago. Jam chart version. Very very jam mm-hmm. chart version coming out of that. I think the best a wave of hope that's been played this far. Here we go. Um, oh yeah. Now we're that. talking. <laughs> now we're talking, bro. Mexico um, right just, before that, also a jam chart. Not right before, but five months before that, the previous version, also a jam. Oh yeah, it's version. that that ended a four mm-hmm. song second set. Um, I'm just looking back here. There's one. Oh yeah, Baker's Dozen, seven thirty, twenty seventeen, Jimmy's Night. 
drowned mm. into a song I heard the ocean sing. My my favorite segment of the entire Baker's Dozen, some of the creepiest music I've ever heard. Trey going, Jimmy, 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 over like just weird yeah. mechanical music before oh they go into I haven't listened to that Harpool. in a while. I want to go back to that. It was such a great night. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then the version no one talks about late in the Soul Planet third set on New Year's Eve 2017, they play a near 20 minute song I heard the ocean sing in the early hours of 2018. It's just, mm. it's amazing, amazing stuff. Um, I, this song I, rules. I, I wanted I, I to remember- jam the intro. The like, yes, yeah, I'm into that. Spend 30 minutes in that and then just knock out the song and go into Shakedown Street. It's not a bad idea. Um, I liked this, I liked everything here from Mr. Completely Through Ruby Waves. Um, to my ears, got a jaboon, no quarter possum. I I don't, I'm not gonna go back to it. It was fine. It was, it was just kind of song followed by song followed by song um rj's favorite song closing out the final set of the tour um so rj just you know just like kind of so high kicking and dancing like this you know just being like you know never heard dancing possum. to possum never heard possum before it was very fitting <laughs> that they ended set two of alpine night three with possum um but we've heard enough about that show haven't we uh oh, i thought this mr completely was i i said i think i said this earlier but you know whatever we're on a podcast i can repeat myself nobody's editing me um this was then in, in line not. with the uh <laughs> with the the everything's right from night one where um it gets to a very standard place a very expected fish place and standard is not an insult. This is fish peaking a jam is one of the mm-hmm. appeals of this band historically, but it does it in a way that to Jonathan's point, it's very dope. It is, it is not the way that you are supposed to get there. Like you're supposed to just find a riff and traverse like the, the mountaintop and get to the peak and everyone celebrates. And the whole time you're like, wait, but they're kind of playing these like melodic bubbles and this like music Mm -hmm. here and there and it's all like sparkly and it's not like this direct rock and roll vibe and it just it rules it rules um i'm sorry ryan yeah Um, lisa i I thought you were so cool i still do (laughs) in some ways you're awesome lisa they told us about the origin of the universe but i do get it it's like a a thing that got to read the comments so the listeners at home not watching us know what's going on. Ryan Storm tells us that his mom would like Who's to Who's also watching, in. by the way. Hi, Lisa. Who's on, that, uh, who's on a West Coast Goose Tour with Ryan. Doing the coolest yeah. thing that, possible. They're the coolest. I, I would, I mean, I, I, I would not wait until I can do this with Ryan. That I know, least, I love this. Favorite. You guys are not even going to let me read the whole comment. No, That's no. nice. Sorry. Nope. But uh, the Poor people at home are like, what the fuck are they talking about? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, carry on. <laughs> explicit, explicit on this one. Can I just, can I say anything, something about set two? No, sure. we yeah, go ahead. You have something to say? RJ. Fishman loves this, the drumbeat of Mr. Completely. And I wonder in like yeah, he does. the times where he and Russ have hung out, like I wonder if he's brought, I wonder if they've talked about this because Anytime Fish plays Mr. Completely, like they go into a different song and then Fishman's just still playing it <laughs> the whole time. Like he 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 rarely moves away from it, which I think is part of the reason they go back into it sometimes. And I just think it's like it's awesome. He clearly like really likes that. Um the what, 
to your point, yeah. the Powdered Night second set, my favorite set of the whole Baker's Dozen. They're playing Carini. And about eight minutes in, um, Fishman starts playing the Mr. Completely riff. And the Carini is 13 minutes long. And Fishman's just like, and then finally Trey's like, okay, I finished the Carini. Bye. We're going into Mr. Completely now. So I, I just want to say that one, like the the mid second set, Wolfman's brother to me is like, that's a really exciting call. Like that they're yes. just willing and able to throw, you know, like setless convention out the window. I mean, we know that they will do that, but I think in the past year or so, we've seen more kind of like adherence to a conventional first set, second set within. I mean, there'd been some variation, but like for a, for a couple of years there, it was like, wow, like anything could show up at any time. And I just, I think it's awesome that they throw Wolfman's in there in the middle of the second set, just like, cause that is serving, I think the sound that they're all with this tour has been a lot of experimentation yep. with sound. And that's just such a great vehicle for like putting everyone's sounds on display. And I think it's just that and Jabu are, are great in this, in this set for just, like serving the sound at this point in the in the in the tour and i mean i sorry glenn i don't want to i don't want to go back to glenn again but glenn keeps picking on this the the song length plus did it jam i just want to say first of all that this is an improvisational band and we've been trained to focus on their jam since you know at least 1993 but that is part of like what we look for but i think uh you know i think like a a seven minute got a jabu in the second set where it's like really serving the sound of the tour. It doesn't matter how long it is. I I'm, I'm when I talk about song length for me, it's like when I feel like a, something's avoided because, or cut short a little bit because it's, it's not serving the sound. So I think there's a nuance there that, that we're trying to address, but maybe not doing yeah. it well. No, there is. And I mean, I think, one of the things that I think the band learned and was trying to go after an early 3.0 was, can we play really interesting improvisational segments in eight or nine minutes? Mm -hmm. And time and time again, they've proven that they can. It just so happens that... Hashtag micro jams. Yeah, yeah. it just so happens that, that there, are, yeah. there are a lot of moments from this tour where they found a really good segment and then they said how about another one how about another one let's see where this goes and that is where you end up with a lot of the gold from this tour because they just kept pushing i always return to with these conversations to what page talks about in the it dvd hold nothing else that he says against him from that dvd because this like 30 seconds is absolute brilliance they're talking about the 46 days from August 3rd, 2003, which is 38 minutes long. A lot of people don't like it. But if you listen to that jam, there's a moment where you get into about 18 to 28 minutes. And it's some of the most stunning music I've ever heard the band play. And they're playing it on the DVD. And Paige says, the point of playing these long jams is you are going to get to spaces in music that you would never have found if you hadn't actually pushed further and further and further and further. We talked about this in the 40 for 40 series with the um, tweezer from Bozeman, Montana. Um, we're going to talk about it probably a lot more as that series evolves and the band goes through an era where they go inward and they stop jamming as much and then they figure out a way to jam more. So, um, I will just say my last thought here, you talked about the Wolfman's brother in the second set. 
to me, this is a hearkening back to one of the early moments in the run. This is only an eight show run. It's not a full tour, but the Wolfman's brother into Isabella from Seattle. Oh, love that so much. So much. And, 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 you know, for me, the wave of hope golden age from night one was kind of where I was like, oh man, like I hear something very different going on Mm -hmm. this tour. But then early in the second night, they play Wolfman's brother and the bottom just falls out of that song. And it becomes this spacey, beautiful masterpiece that somehow segues into Isabella. And so to play that song again in the second set of the final night of the run, um, just, just awesome. It's also like a little gets into that space funk place that they were doing a lot like in Atlantic City last summer. And I think that the fact that they can do that and then get into this like really pretty melodic space and have this like incredible ending, it's just, it's great. Yeah, this is a really good Wolfman. I mean, I like this set. It's not my favorite, but I think it's, I think it's good. I think the only thing that's really missing here, and um, I've, I want to, I want to say this, and then I want to pivot back to another point, is uh, is a good fishman segment. Um, not enough yeah, laughs yeah. in these shows. Um, mm. So that's a very, you know, an important element of what makes fish fish, and we've been exploring that and fighting over it in the forty by forty, which is that, you know. It's not just music. Sometimes there's humor, and that's a very big part of their character. So, um, yeah, and I kind of have missed that on this tour. Um, but what are you going to do? Um, that's interesting. The other thing is, sorry, to... Jonathan, can I just follow up on that? Yeah, go With ahead. You. So you 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 mean like vacuum, or you mean just? I don't, it doesn't have to be vacuum. But I just but there I hasn't want, been a lot I, of. I, there hasn't been much fishman. It's an interesting. Like, he's playing the shit out of the drums, and that's awesome. But he's he always does that. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I'm I'm also there for the laughs. Yeah. So you know, that's that's a thing. It used to be. It sometimes is not enough. I would think that in eight shows, maybe they didn't feel like Hollywood is the place to do it. You know, every L.A. might might impress somebody. <laughs> I don't know. I bet but, at MSG they'll do it. Yeah, there you go. Um, the other thing I want to say oh, is God. to Glenn's comment and why we talk about the jams and the duration is that even though we've still managed to make this last 90 minutes, we don't have time to spend five minutes on every seven minutes. Only minute 74. Song so far. Yeah, seriously. We're getting there. We, <laughs> we're not done yet. 43% is, a, is generous. It's actually um, very generous. <laughs> All right, one, one, one take away from the tour from everyone and then we're let and then we have to we have to go because um it's just like legal things one takeaway yeah uh, fish is back no i'm joking um one takeaway okay. is <laughs> i think that Mike Gordon has figured out a comfortable space to exist in the band's jams again in a way that we haven't said his name a lot on this, on this episode. Um, I think his new bass, his new effects, him spending about two years now playing alongside of the effects that Trey had Trey kind of backing away from the synth pedals. There was a lot more Mike effect on this Mm -hmm. tour that reminds us that we need the full band 
for the band to be as good as they can be. And I think that as great as 2021 was and as great as parts of 2022 were, the one downside was that because of the tools Trey was using, Mike was less of a focus. And I, I felt like there was more of him this tour in a way that um, to me should help them as they move into, you know, their, this is a really interesting summer tour, some big venues and then MSG. And I'm always kind of thinking like, where's this going? Um, so that's kind of, that's my thought. Also, John Fishman is the greatest drummer on the face of the planet. And I will hear no arguments otherwise. Can I just before you can I just follow up on that real quick, Brian? Because I think it kind of fucked up the sound a little bit. Like I think it made them have to readjust things. And I think people I think the band is used to Trey like pretty consistently like changing the sound. I think like the sound revolves mm-hmm. around what Trey does and doesn't do, I think. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't yeah, know. That's my impression yeah. as well. But I think this had like kind of changed the like there were there were there were moments where the bass sounded like either it was peaking or it was, or you couldn't hear the notes as well, but, but the improv and the performance that came out of it was great. We talked a bit and last week about Mm -hmm. Mike's new bass and some of the work that's gone into, you know, getting the sound right on that. And I imagine that was still a little bit of a work in progress. Um, And hopefully, you know, he's got a tour of his own coming up. So hopefully he'll work further on that and his comfort level in playing with it so that when fish reconvenes it'll you know it'll work just exactly perfect and that's kind of my takeaway bit too is that i feel like that the the band was in a really good place and um you know i hope it continues into the year hope is a dangerous thing I mean, I try not to get any expectations up, but hope is fair. It's been I'm like very rope. optimistic about this Megan, summer, though. Yeah, Megan, I'm very optimistic. Say? My big takeaway is that I really want to go see some West Coast fish because it's been a really, really long time. And I just like the energy they bring out there. But I thought their set listing, to me, was really thoughtful in a way that I didn't think it was in Mexico. So I felt really, really good about that and. I just felt like they were tapping into that space that we were we were talking about earlier a lot. And um, that's exciting. I like when they're there. So I'm excited for summer. Jonathan? Well, I mean, you heard me. I, I, I think that they're in a great place, and I, I'd like to see where it lands. Um, they're all playing very well. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, let's let's see more of that. I uh, almost wish I had plans to go to summer tour, but I got other shit going on. So I like webcasting. Well, if anybody wants to come to New York, I, just I like have space it. for you. You hear that, everybody? Uh, Megan's got <laughs> space for you. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I have, Speaking of webcasting, I like having my own bathroom. I like having access to Topo Chico's. I like having (laughs) my kids hang out for the, uh, for the shows. I mean, none of these venues have Topo Chico's. What the fuck is wrong with all you people? You realize that some of us like to go there and not drink cheap beer. Come on. I have, I have webcasted zero shows this year, but I hope to up that to one sometime this year. 
Um, come on out to Denver, bro. We do, we have a great webcast set up. You'll love. If that. I come out to Denver, I'm coming <laughs> for concerts. Sorry, no offense to your setup. We we watch concerts <laughs> on the television and grill food and have kids. It's family around. friendly. It's, I'm not the sure best, the adjustment man. to the altitude is worth it. If I'm not, you know, if I'm just coming to watch concerts on the couch, but well, but if maybe, you want to come for dicks, let's do that. Because there's nothing more that I love than RJ in a Columbia soccer jersey losing his mind to backwards down the number line and telling every fan who's not dancing to fuck off in their face with like a giant smile on his face. It's like, <laughs> That's not true. Happiest. That's never happened. You don't like your favorite band playing no. their favorite song. I would song. never say that during the song. I would never do, do say you? that during the song. No, you're too, you're too busy that. karate chopping. <laughs> I would say it after. Um, I think Paige and Trey, I think the the albums that they created recently have created a new synergy between the two of them. That That's my main takeaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I might be reading, I might be like reading too much into it, but I feel like they have a thing that is really like a really close connection in the, in the improv this tour that I've been really loving. So I think it takeaway. all started when, Trey broke into Paige's house and forced him to learn Soul Planet while with a film crew in there. Yeah, um, that was when the connection was really born. Um, but speaking of Glenn, courts. <laughs> speaking <laughs> speaking of of Glenn, uh, um, who has now probably been commented or mentioned more times than Ryan Storm. Oh, until um, just now, you just until it. just now, and I just broke <laughs> it. Um, Paige is often overlooked. Thought he was fantastic this run. Yes, I, I, I yes. agree with that, and I think the only reason I didn't mention him is Paige has brought this standard excellence to every fish run since the Baker's dozen when he got those new synthesizers, of which I don't know the name of, but Ryan Storm probably does because he's you know doing an aspiring rig run of Mr. Paige McConnell. Um, could tell me everything that he does, um, but but Paige's sounds impacted the band in 2017, 2018, and to today in a way that. I don't think he's really added anything new, not saying he needs to, because I love where his sounds are. Whereas Mike Gordon brought something different to the table here. So that's kind of my mm-hmm. only reason for that. He Everything Paige did was stunning. Like the dude makes you feel like you're, oh, I just went and saw 2001 in the theaters. They, they showed it one night only at my local cinema. That's cool. And the whole time I felt like I was in a Paige McConnell jam. Like it was just. Yes visually sonically it was unbelievable um oh my god okay right. we Mo- have to go the moog voyagers debuted in 2017 the moog won 2019 profit rev two added last year and then ryan's mom followed up those three <laughs> with saying thank you all for listening to him all right thank you all for listening to us we will see you back here next week for 1996 we're going back in time and yeah. uh, back to la baby it's gonna yeah. be interesting I get out your Get out your mini kits. It's going to be fun. Um, (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been a blast. Um, See you next next week, Ryan. (laughs) See you guys. Bye, guys. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Bye. Cyrus.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it right down to the shaking microphone and all <laughs> and my name's bob and my name's patrick and usually we're joined by tom tom's the best tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work but we talk about decidedly not so grown-up things like hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like so that could be the latest shows uh revisiting classic material talking about the new classics um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs> 